Welcome back to the Tank Me Later podcast. I'm your host, Noah Rubin. This is episode 20, and this summer I started a 30-team dynasty league, and so did Rhett Bauer, the host of the Punt Intended podcast. So he joined me to discuss our leagues because I was in his and he was in mine. Uh, before we get into that breakdown, just a quick reminder to follow me on Twitter at NoahRubin22 or X if you prefer. Uh, subscribe to my substack, NoahRubin.substack.com. Uh, check out this podcast, give it a like, a rating, uh, subscribe to it, depending on where you're consuming it. Um, you know, check us, it's on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, make sure to check that out. And I believe that is the ways to keep up with me. So we're going to go ahead and get into the podcast. Welcome back to the Tank Me Later podcast. This is episode 20, and it is kind of the dead period for fantasy basketball. We had the draft, we had summer league about a month ago, and now we have two months until the NBA season comes back. The schedule just released, uh, I think by the time this comes out, it'll have been last week, so everybody has an idea of when games are, Um, but there's not much else to kind of talk about, so we're just going through drafts right now, kind of at this point, a lot of mock drafts starting up. Dynasty startups have also kind of been happening over the past month. And for this episode, Rhett Bauer of Sports Ethos and the Punt Intended podcast is joining me because we are both we both started 30-team dynasties this summer, and we were both in each other's leagues. So that gives us a great opportunity to kind of look at two 30-team dynasty startups and the guys we took, where we took them, and what we like about them. But before we get into all that, Rhett, how are you doing? I'm doing great now that all these drafts are over with. It is uh, it is a drag going through uh, multiple 30-team drafts at the same time because somehow I was close to the turn on both of them. And so there would be like four days that I wouldn't pick. And then there would be a day where I'd wake up and I'd have 15 minutes on both clocks <laughs> to pick a pick. And so uh, all of that's over with. We can actually get a look of our teams, get some – get some trade discussions going and uh, try to fill this time, this dead space in the season. Like you said, you mentioned trade discussions. We will get into that because you have already made a pretty big trade, but we're going to save that for the end because it's the fun stuff, but it's kind of funny. You mentioned being on the flip side because I think in your league, I picked 27th and you picked first. And then in my league, I picked second and you picked 25th. So we're both kind of on the flip side getting different looks from that. I know the drafts ended up turning out being pretty different in how, guys were drafted and how early they were drafted, but we're going to go ahead. I'm going to pull this up. If you're watching on video, these are our current teams. I I don't think I've made a trade in this league. I don't think you have either. Um, This is just kind of our current roster. Maybe you did. I did. Yep. Uh, So you guys looking at the screen, uh, I have uh, Ben Simmons, John Collins and Taylor Hendricks on the roster right now, but I traded uh, Jalen green, Quentin Grimes and B-Ball Paul for those three. Um, so that was pick 60, pick 120 and 120 or 150 and 151 for like, I don't know exactly what the picks are, but uh, obviously a little bit closer to the middle there. Uh, Taylor Hendricks went at 97 and then Simmons 144. Uh, John Collins went uh, like somewhere around the 100 range. So uh, just to get into talking about that, I wish I didn't make this trade, but I really like depth in a 30 team weekly league. And so I took uh, two very buy lows in uh, Ben Simmons, John Collins, and I really like Taylor Hendricks. So uh, win some, you lose some, but we'll see. Yeah. You've been on Taylor Hendricks for a while. To yeah. my understanding, I remember you were very high on him before the drafts, and if I'm not mistaken, a little you wanted the Pacers to draft him. Sure did. Yep. And but you ended up with the other power forward, which is exactly the position you needed to fill. Yeah. I wouldn't have taken Jarris Walker. I would have taken Taylor Hendricks, but at least they addressed a position of need and didn't take like Grady Dick or something along those lines. I mean, what's wrong with adding another six five perimeter player? I can't think of any. You just play him at the four. It's fine. Aaron Neesmith's got it. I mean, they're just, it's positionless basketball these days. So maybe that's kind of what they were going for with that. 
Um, but yeah, if you're able to look at the screen, um, you're able to see the rosters. If you're listening on a podcast, I'll go ahead and say Rhett's team is Victor Wembanyama, which we will definitely talk about because like I said, he picked first and you know, actually we'll, we'll go. No, we'll go ahead and talk about this now because um, when I, in my league took Wemby at two, I had a lot of people question me and it's like, I was just, I wanted him on my team. I didn't have him in any other leagues. It's fun. It's hype. Fantasy basketball is actually supposed to be fun. Believe it or not. I know some people take it way too seriously, but it's supposed to be fun. So I have to throw you under the bus because you took him at one over Nikola Jokic, but like, I'm sure it's for the same reason. Yeah. So I, I actually just talked about this with uh, Mark Camaro on my podcast that dropped uh, on Friday, whatever day you end up listening to this, it dropped on this past Friday. So I'll, I'll get into it here as well. I have Jokic in two leagues and I have Luke, no Jokic in one and Luca in two other leagues. And I would never advise somebody to take Wimbanyama at one. I would probably advise they take him at five behind Halliburton, Shea, uh, Luca, and Jokic. I understand if you want to take him three because there is that much hype. Perfectly fine. But what I wanted to see is if I have a guy with as much hype as Victor Wimbanyama has, what sort of trades am I going to be able to field? Like, what, what are the offers going to be? Because there has never been a guy with this much hype since fantasy basketball has really been a thing, right? Like maybe Zion was kind of up there. I doubt fantasy basketball is going super hard, at least dynasty in uh, 03 or 04 when LeBron was <laughs> coming through as a prospect. So I just wanted to see. It's my own league. And so uh, I figure, you know, if I end up screwing my team over, it's fine. I, we'll, we'll just figure it out. But um yeah, so again, would not recommend that at all. At two, I, I think it's perfectly fine. Like, you know, go get your guy, right? Especially at the turn, like we said. Like, you you are not going to get a chance to take Victor Wimbanyama. Like, you're just not going to get him. It, because yeah. the, the price to acquire him, even if you wanted to do it, is, in, is just insane, which is something that might present itself in this league uh, here in a couple of days. Is that a little bit of foreshadowing that the trade talks are in the works? Trade talks are in the works. They have been since I drafted him just because wow. like, you know, I, I said when I was, when I found out where I was drafting, I was like, I am willing to put this pick on the block. Like, I'm willing to trade out of it. And so people came flocking. It's like, Oh, I'll, I'll switch you to spot 23. It's like, that does me absolutely no good. Like I'm not <laughs> trading the first pick to go to 23. Um, but now that everybody's been drafted and trades are completely open, rosters are finished. There's uh, faces to the picks rather than numbers. Uh, it's gotten it's gotten really interesting. I'm glad that I did it so that I can now that I'm seeing like just what people will do for a guy with this much hype. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask if you had received any because you mentioned trade talks, but if those are ongoing, I won't ask for specific details. Hopefully, that information close. will come out pretty close to finished but i'm gonna i'm gonna let that uh leave that alone definitely definitely i understandable best of luck in your trade negotiations um i'm very curious to see what kind of trade offers will be made in for you and also in other leagues i will say my it's a home league so it's obviously like basically every rule goes out the window but it's nine cat 12 team the guy who had the number one pick i offered him eight first round picks (laughs) And he said no so confidently <laughs> that I didn't even bother trying to like run up the price. Cause he said like, I'm not trading him. I'm like, well, if I offer eight first to start and you confidently say no, then I'm just like, it's, I'm not going to try and run up the price to the point where it's even more firsts. Yeah. And save everybody's young time. players. I was like, yeah, that's okay. I don't, I don't want to input that into a spreadsheet either, but um, so yeah, when be at one um, this again, this isn't the, order in which all these guys were drafted, but this is the roster. Drew Holiday, Ben Simmons, John Collins, Taylor Hendricks, Aaron Naismith, or Nesmith, Chris Duarte, Eric Gordon, Bull Bull, Sandro, Mamu Kalashvili. I had to look that one up just to make sure I was saying it correctly. Orlando Robinson, Max Christie, and Bilal Koulibaly. 
and I, I probably need to learn to say that faster, but I thought it was Bilal Koulibaly until I looked it up. But Bilal Koulibaly. Koulibaly. So yep. I've been practicing. I'm hoping by the time the season starts, I can say all these names very smooth instead of sounding it out and just sounding like I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and then so I don't remember where I originally was in the draft order, uh, but I ended up kind of moving spots back a few times just because I didn't love the options. I ended up with Laurie Markkinen, Walker Kessler, Mark Williams, AJ Griffin, Grady Dick, Jet Howard, Harrison Barnes, Bojan Bogdanovich, Chris Murray, Chris Boucher, Mason Plumley, Lester Quinones, and Kennedy Chandler. Um, I remember, you know, not necessarily my thought process exactly behind every single pick, but this was a long draft. This, this took a while to complete, and I feel like towards the end of it, some of them were like, yeah, this is kind of just the guy I'm feeling right now. Because like you said, sometimes it was days between picks. But um, what was one pick, I guess, looking at your roster now that you were or are still really excited about? Aside from Wemby, obviously, because we already talked about him. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really know. So I was, I was excited about Grimes at 150. Um, because I think he's gonna be playing a ton. Um, so I was excited about that. Obviously traded him. So I, like, I, I don't get to say that I, I like that pick that much, uh, cause <laughs> I don't have it anymore, but so I, I liked that. I got drew holiday at 90, which I think is pretty great. Even though I did not know he said he was going to retire after this contract. I don't know how that didn't get more, shine than maybe it did. And I just didn't see it, but I feel like I'm on Twitter enough to where I, somebody should have said, I, I don't know. So people were like, Oh, he's going to retire after this. He's still like a top 50 player pretty easily. And assist steals, decent percentages are hard to come by. So I, I like that. Even if it does come, come out that he's going to retire in two years, that'll be uh, rough. But, and then I think, yeah, I mean, Neesmith, I like Neesmith. I think he's a starting-ish caliber wing. Like, I think he's very firmly in, like, the top seven of a good team's rotation. He just does a bunch of stuff to stay on the floor, and I think he can get to a an efficient enough fantasy game to offset the lowish volume that he'll have with, uh, you know, not really getting very many assists. So I, I like him. Duarte is a flyer. Um, Eric Gordon was the last pick, Mr. Irrelevant at three, Mr. Irrelevant at three ninety. So Phoenix, we'll see what happens there. But w- what about you? What was one of your favorite picks besides all your Hawks? We don't need to talk about your Hawks anymore. How many Hawks did I end up with? I think you just got the one in this one, but I think, I think just, I... just the one, I think it was like three in the other one, which <laughs> yes, it was. Okay, yeah. so we'll, we'll wait for the Hawks talk in that one. But um, yeah, no, no bias whatsoever, but um yeah, Drew Holiday, I I totally forgot about that. I remember yeah. that that was said. It's not something that's ever really been at the forefront of my mind just because things like that change so much. Like, mm-hmm. who knows? Just because he said that doesn't mean it's going to happen for sure, obviously. But totally forgot about that. So great point bringing that up. Yeah. Uh, before I talk about my team, I did want to ask about Chris Duarte a little bit. I don't remember exactly where you got him. I don't know if you have that with you. I've got uh, it one second here. Yeah. Um, What's your what's your question? Yeah, so with the trade to Sacramento, do you think that there's a chance? Because obviously, he kind of fell out of the rotation a bit at times, dealt with injuries last season. Um, reuniting with a guy that he had success with in Demonis Sabonis, I'm not saying he's guaranteed minutes there, but do you think there's a chance he bounces back, gets to being more like the guy he was his rookie season? Um, I think that there's definitely a chance for that, only because you know, you saw what Kevin Herter was able to do next to uh, Sabonis and, and Fox and, and in that kind of offense, right? Like where it's just pretty much just chaos all the time, stand around, like get, get ready to shoot. Cause you're going to shoot. Um, I got Duarte at three thirty, which I'm pretty happy with for the guys that were available in that range, right? Like in the three thirties, uh, a couple of guys that went before and after Duarte, Goga Batadze, Trendon Watford, Kyle Lowry, Teo Maladon, uh, Jabari Walker, EJ Liddell, uh, Gary Harris, Andre Jackson, which I, I wish that's who I would have taken. Uh, Primo, Bryce McGowan's, Book Knight, Julian Phillips. So, like, 
Duarte has proven that he can play in the NBA, right? Like I think he's a good enough defender and he's proven that he can shoot enough when he's in a decent rhythm and has a um, pretty consistent opportunity that I think he is going to be in the NBA. And that is not something you can say for a lot of the names (laughs) I just listed off. And so um, as far as his opportunity getting back with Sabonis, I think it's, I think he'll be better, but I don't think he gets to the amount that he, like, I don't think he plays as much as he did his rookie year in Sacramento. They just, I feel like they have too many wings, uh, especially with Colby Jones, who I think is uh, going to be really good, but he played 28 minutes a game his rookie year. I don't see no. that happening uh, maybe ever, but definitely don't see that happening uh, next year, especially, you know, he's a 26 year old third year player. Like it's tough to, it's tough to be excited about that, but um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. It's, uh, it's not an, a, a thrilling pick at all, but yeah. again, three thirties, I'm, I'm good with it. There are not many picks past 300 that you would describe as thrilling in my no. opinion. No. Um, at that point, it's just kind of pick and choose. Do I want to take an upside swing on some guy that probably is going to flame out in two seasons? Or do I want to grab a 33-year-old that might be part of a team's rotation this year and then flame out after two seasons? There's you know, a lot of just kind of keeping your fingers crossed, I think, once you get past 300. So, yeah, But no Eric doubt. Gordon with Mr. Irrelevant, that's a potential rotation player right there. Yeah, I, I really wanted uh, Yuta Watanabe, who went two picks before. That was a huge bummer. Uh, or o- Oscar Shibwe was another one that I was looking at. Like, I don't know. I'm a sicko getting annoyed in the 390s. <laughs> I was going to say getting sniped at 388. Is just yeah, bummer. it's like, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think I told you this after the draft. Maybe it was in your league. It was probably both. But I, when the draft ended, I still had like 40-something guys in the queue. And I had claims submitted on like, six of them just to stash a bunch of guys so i'm definitely a sicko it's fine yeah i I think it i mean it definitely happened in my league because when i was putting the slides together which i'll click over to in a second um after we talk about my team um you had like three extra guys in your roster and i didn't realize you had already moved guys to ir (laughs) and picked guys up and i i had just been like oh thank goodness this draft's over now i can look at other things but um yeah so i like i said i started off with two jazz guys laurie markin and walker kessler I was very excited to get both of them. Um, You know, Kessler could be one of the leading shot blockers for the next 10 years. So double double machine was really good as a rookie. So I was pretty surprised to be able to get both of them, even though I've kind of staked my claim as a jazz fan at this point. So we'll kind of see how that works out. Um, I'll talk about AJ Griffin when we look at my league because I got him at better value in that draft than I did in this one. I got him a whole round earlier this time, just because I was probably, I think what it was is in this league, young guys, I think went a little bit earlier and I was really scared to get, I was really scared for AJ Griffin to get taken. So I went ahead and grabbed him. Uh, But another pick I really liked was Bojan Bojan Bogdanovic, which I don't remember where I got him. If you can pull that up, but 184, 184. And you know, I, he's not young, but he's has a chance. Like I me, mean, he's 34. So he's probably only got a couple seasons left, but I don't think he's got a game that's really going to fall off a cliff. And he just averaged 21 points per game last season for the Pistons. He's going to be one of their primary offensive guys this year. And I went so young early. I just needed somebody that was going to be good and could start. So I was pretty excited about the Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich pick there. Um, and then the guy that I've literally been drafting in every single mock draft and every single startup is Lester Quinones. And it is simply because there was a little bit of film in him in summer league. People said, Hey, he kind of plays like Jordan Poole. Yep. And they just traded Jordan Poole. And he's also undrafted and spent last year in the G League. And I'm like, maybe they strike gold once again. Maybe. That and was Ryan Rollins for me last year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jordan Poole 2.0. But. Yeah, Quinones. They're going like to it. just keep making Jordan Poole clones, and we're just going to keep drafting them. <laughs> There's and not going to be another with but, them too. Yeah, like why isn't this guy averaging 24 points per game yet? I don't know. <laughs> this year, this year is coming up. Oh man. Um. Yeah. yeah. So that was 
your 30 team dynasty league, uh, our rosters from that, obviously we, when you're making 390 picks, we could go way, 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 way more in depth, but for time's sake, this was our roster. One thing um, real quick, yeah, please. You said you were surprised to get Walker Kessler. You took him at 34. Yeah. I am. I am not surprised at all that you got him at 34. I think, really? I think you could have gotten him. I mean, obviously you couldn't have, you were at the turn. You, you don't right. have a choice other than to go get him. But what about Kessler makes you psyched to get him at 34? Because I don't see him getting better at the categories he's bad at. Right. Like I don't see, I don't, I just don't see that very much, but maybe you do. So I'm curious why, why him at 34? No, that's fair. I think I definitely fall victim a little bit to fantasy value and how scarce blocks are. Um, just having a guy that is going to be a shot blocker and then being able to pair yeah. him with Mark Williams. I felt really good about that, but I also think that, you know, I don't have Walker Kessler's numbers up right in front of me, but he, I think he finished 24th in nine cat over the final two months of the season. And I just personally, I have him as I think I'm working on new dynasty rankings right now, but I have him at 28. So not like thrilled in the sense of, wow, I can't believe all these idiots passed on him for 15 yeah. picks, but like I felt good about taking him at 34 gotcha. and just having him on my roster. That's not, this is incredible value, but like I felt like it was good value. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I, I get the uh, the categories he's good at. He dominates at. So, like, I get that part completely. Um, I just, you know, when you look at it and it's like, I guess Rudy Gobert was dominant for a very long time. And as long as Walker Kessler can get positive in points, then you know you're going to dominate blocks. You're going to dominate boards, dominate field goal percentage. Your points are okay. And then your turnovers are going to be super low. And I think that's going to have a huge impact on why Walker Kessler looks good in nine cat is because he's just not going to turn the ball over because they should not be putting the ball on the ground. Right. So uh, I, I always have a hard time balancing like, okay, you're, you're awesome in nine cat, but like, are you actually winning nine cat matchups? In those four categories, absolutely. So uh, yeah. it'll be fun to see how he develops for sure because it, it's insane rim protection. And now that I'm looking at my roster, I don't – okay, my true point guard is Kennedy Chandler, I think. So I'm punting <laughs> assistant steals now that I'm looking at it. Yeah. I don't think oh, I was yeah. super intentional about that, but like kind of sort of like these are the kind of things I'm looking at. You were at. definitely so, intentional about punting assists. Um, I'm saying I'm going to be honest and say I was not intentionally oh, okay. doing this. However, okay. I am very clearly doing this. Now. We're all in. <laughs> there, yeah. I am. My goal is to set a record for the fewest assists ever. Because I think you're on your way. Yeah, I mean, who who's leading me in assists? That's I think really it, bad. it might be Harrison Barnes at like three point two or something like that. Well, let's see. Mark and an average 1.9. Harrison Barnes averaged 1.6 last year. Okay. Maybe his career high is at like 3.2 or something like that. Bojan but... averaged 2.6. That's currently my leader. So, yeah. Punning assists. <laughs> we are uh, – please don't offer Just me anybody. 3.1. Please don't <laughs> offer me a trade for anybody that passes the basketball. I'm I'm not interested. I'm, I have no interest in guys that pass. Um but yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and segue <laughs> over now that I look at that. Wow. Um, to my 30 team startup. Um, this one was a little different in the sense, mainly that um, instead of positions for the starting lineup, it's just all flex spots. So you can kind of choose whoever you want. Um, now that I'm quickly looking at my roster, I think I'm punting assists again, but I'm going to go ahead and say your roster. And if you're listening or watching, don't freak out about his roster because we will get into the trade that landed him this because when I was typing this out, I was like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. I thought I was going to try and compete a little bit this year. I don't know about that anymore. You know what's crazy though? Basketball Monsters projections doesn't even have me as the best team. Really? Yep. Yep. I'm pulling it up right now. So Interesting. you can go on. We'll, we'll get yeah, into no, it. Yeah, no, I'm... I'm curious now, now that you have that data um, and where I am, because I need to know whether I'm taking or not. But um, so you have Carl Anthony Towns, Jason Tatum, DeJounte Murray, Jimmy Butler. I guess I'll read the rest of the roster, but oh my goodness, uh, this is five <laughs> starters and those are his first four. Okay. Andrew Nemhard, 
uh, Gordon Hayward, Keontae Johnson, Maxwell Lewis, EJ Liddell, Jalen McDaniels, Royce O'Neal, Jalen Smith, Kendrick Williams, Jalen Clark, and Victor Oladipo. Um, wow. First of all, <laughs> second of all, do you have those up now? Because now I'm curious. I do. Yeah. So, um, basketball monsters default is to use a hundred percent of games for the bench. And if I'm not, this is a weekly league, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So using a hundred percent of the bench in a five starter weekly league is just not great. And that's why I, you heard my roster get way young and way, uh, flyer -y there towards the end. So, if you use 100% of the bench, I'm actually one, two, three, four, five, sixth in the league. And you are one, two, three, four, fifth from the bottom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, you actually got me really good. I was like, wait, yeah, he's yeah. actually he's counting it out? Wow. Okay. So so I'm going to go with 25% of the bench, right? And so that is going to put us at about, let's see, one, two, three, four. So that's going to be about two or three additional players, probably around two. So it's your top seven. Um, and so if you go to the 25%, so top seven, I'm still fifth. I am fifth. I will lose to 14, actually more than that. One, two, three, four, five. I will lose five head-to-head -head matchups, according to Basketball Monsters' very first set of pro projections. Interesting. 11. You are 11th from the bottom, so you will be uh, lottery bound. Let's just, go. Yeah, just right <laughs> at the lottery. Your blocks are insane. Uh, they you, should you're, be. You're destroying just about Derek everybody. White. They should be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's interesting. I don't put – it's hilarious to me because these projections came out and immediately guys were like, hey, my 2024 first is on the trade block because they saw that they were up <laughs> high in the, in, the, in the projections. I'm like, dog, uh, you're – your team is not good. Yeah, I, I, I hit him up. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm interested in your pick. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to get it up, yeah. And then you tell him, so basketball monster actually said your pick is going to be really bad. So you should yeah. get to me for really cheap. Yeah. Here's Andre Drummond in a second. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, <laughs> so then my roster, which is fifth worst in the league now, um, Victor Wembenyama took him at two Onyeko Kongwu. Tari Eason, Derek White, AJ Griffin, Grady Dick, Tarek Baberovich, uh, Al Horford, Chris Murray, Lester Quinones, Ryan Rupert, Jordan Walsh, and Onoralp Batim. Again, still practicing with some of these names. Um, I can tell you right now, some of these guys were, I saw a tweet or something that made me want to take them, especially towards the end. Um, like I said, with, with Quinones, Quinones was Jordan Poole comparison with repair. I saw one person, I think, tweet and say, hey, people are going to think of him like Nick Batum. And I was like, Nick Batum, he's good. So I'll, I'll take him at 300, whatever. Um, but yeah, so those are kind of our rosters. I went much younger. Um, this is the league that I started. I don't plan on leaving it. Maybe some other people are going to bail. I don't know. I don't think I have that option. So I was like, I'll just start young and kind of roll with it. Um, I know we'll talk about your Jason Tatum trade, but was there some other picks that you liked from this draft? Yeah. So uh, this, this league was, was crazy to me. Okay. So I actually, I traded, um, I think it was this one. I, I got the, you had 10 picked. and then swapped yeah. to 25. Yeah. And so I was right behind uh, Adam King. And as I was on the, as, as I saw who was coming off the board, I was like, okay, yeah, it's going to be, it's me, Shea, it's me, Tatum, it's going to be Edwards. And as I'm sitting there on the clock, I was like, I just know that Cade's going. I just know Cade's going <laughs> off the board. And if I'm not going to get one of Ant or Cade, I'm going to trade back. And that's what I told the guy. So I traded back to 25 um, with, you know, Giannis, Triple J, Trey. Uh, going the next couple picks. And I ended up getting Towns at 25, which I was pretty psyched about. I can't stand Carl Anthony Towns, the basketball player, but for fantasy, he's awesome. Even at, even next to Gobert is a little bit less awesome, but I don't think that pairing is uh, it's going to last much beyond this season. Uh, so going through a couple of these other guys, um, 
I I got Jeremy Sohan at 115 and Dyson Daniels at 126. And that those are just like 30 spot values in like most startup drafts, I would say. Um, for sure 20, but I, I was very excited to get both of those guys. I'm extremely high on both of them. Um, and so I was I, I was pretty psyched about that value. I didn't love that I took four straight guys that were negatives in threes uh, because I started with cat and then I took DeJounte at 36, which was probably a mistake, but when you have a guy, you got to get the guy. Uh, And then I took Jimmy Sohan and Daniels, which is like hits a combined single three a game. Uh, (laughs) So I spent the rest of the draft kind of trying to adjust for that. Um, I took Lonzo at 186, which was early, but with five starters, I was perfectly fine, you know, for my seventh pick taking a guy that I could just stash on IR. If he hits, he hits. If he doesn't, it's my, it's pick 186. I'm not worried about it. And so beyond that, Hayward at 246 is kind of the same kind of deal, right? Obviously he's healthy, but it's not if, but when he will no longer be healthy for a a decent stretch. Um, And then the rest of my draft was mostly just flyers like Max Lewis at 295 and EJ Liddell at 355. So I'm not like thrilled with any of them, but uh, Jalen Clark, another guy I took specifically at the end of the draft so I could stash him on IR and use some of those claims that you talked about to go out and get guys like uh, Kendrick Williams, Oladipo, and uh, yeah, I think that's it. Keontae Johnson. That's the other one. Mm, More stashes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, this draft was really weird. You ended up getting good value. Do you think, or I guess I'll just ask if it impacted you, did having all flex as a starting lineup impact the way you drafted much or at all or a lot? I thought it would a lot more than it did. I don't know. So if I if I could go back and do it again, I would not have tried to try to compensate for Cat's assists with my second pick with DeJounte. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to look at who went a couple picks after that uh, with like Lori Markkinen. That's probably who I should have taken, right? You just gone completely high volume scoring, good percentages, good boards, and just forget about assists as a whole, you know, Jalen Brown also would have been okay. Um, but everybody else beyond that, like I'm not taking John Morant. I'm not taking James Harden. I don't love Desmond Bain, Franz Wagner. I'm in Thompson. That's too early for him. So I didn't love the options. Uh, and so, you know, it, I don't know. I, I don't know what I would have pivoted to other than reaching for somebody that I wouldn't like, I could have taken Kyrie, but like, ugh, I don't know if I want to do that in a 30 team weekly league either. So, um, I don't think the flex impacted me as much, but I think it will make trades so much easier because you like in, in so many of the leagues, it's like, I need a center. I need a center badly. And there's 30 teams. And so there's only 30 starting centers in the league. And yeah. so you got to figure out a guy who's like Jabari Smith last year had forward center designation. Sick. Fan checks change the positions. He doesn't have that anymore. So that was kind of stupid, but like, I think that part of it is going to make it really, really fun as the league continues to, uh, you know, age, but it didn't change my drafting as much as I thought it would going into it. Yeah. I think some of the trading will be interesting because there could be like teams that I don't know if everybody did this. I haven't gone through and dissected each roster to see if everybody decided to super punt anything and just go for it and kind of stick to that team building model. I did slightly. Um, I think I, got a few guys that'll put up defensive stats. That was kind of my main thing, but really just getting guys I liked. Um, So we'll see. I mean, like you said, you don't need to ask for positions, but maybe some guys are super punting and have zero interest in somebody that, I don't know if you're punting blocks, like Walker Kessler's value just goes way, way, way down. And because they don't necessarily need a center, maybe holds some value. So we'll see about, you know, trades like that and how that kind of looks. I don't know. I mean, you haven't had an issue trading so far, um, but it also team directions were also interesting. I keep bringing this up every time. I've, I think I've done two podcasts with Adam King about this startup, and I don't know if you've listened to any or, or looked at the draft, but there was a team that went first three picks, Steph Curry at 14, yep. LeBron at 47, yep. Paul George at 77. Um, and then I think they went Cam Johnson at 104, but 
those first three picks were very much almost had me scared. Like I'm going to try and win this league and then leave and just take my money. So I hopefully they don't, they don't do that, but that was a, a pretty interesting strategy to me. Yeah. I don't, I, as we're going through it, you know, taking LeBron that early at 47 is just, that's just too early for me. But then you look at that stretch of players and I don't really like any of them that much either, right? Like you could have taken Porzingis, but that's a risk. He's in Boston now. I don't know what that's going to be like. OG Ananobi, that doesn't really help with Steph that much as far as volume goes. Maxi Brunson, okay, maybe. Ingram, maybe. It's too, like it's, there's not going to be a guy other than you could probably get down to like the Fred Van Vliet's if you really wanted to, that's going to contribute as much as LeBron will. And I would imagine looking at the way the draft shook out, Kyrie Irving went 46 and this guy picked at 47. I have a very strong suspicion that if Kyrie Irving was there, that is who he would have <laughs> taken. But, you know, if you want to go for it, you go for it. That is a strategy. If you go for it and leave a league though, you're going to make a list for me. And that's <laughs> like, I have a list it's growing and I hate that it's growing. Cause it seems like there's so many people that are just in it. They, they want to play dynasty so they can trade all their future firsts and then leave when they win and then leave it for somebody else to, to deal with, to rebuild. And I, I can't stand that. Um, but I hope that's not the case. here. That's too, not like what you you're said. doing. No, it is not doing. Yeah. It's not what I'm doing. No. <laughs> okay. Just, just, uh, so now I have it in video evidence just in case you, uh, <laughs> you try to put, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so I mentioned my roster. I think, I mean, my favorite pick is AJ Griffin, but I know I got him in both leagues. I got him at 149 in this one. Um, was planning, and I, I mentioned this before, was planning to get Zach Collins at 152, and then he went 150, which really hurt because I did not want to get sniped on Zach Collins at 150. But love AJ Griffin. Uh, he's going to fit in and be a really good starter, at least in the league for a long time. Fits in really well next to Trey Young. Good floor spacer, can handle the ball. I'm very, I'm very happy. Like that, that's the Walker Kessler was good value there. I am ecstatic to get AJ Griffin at 149. Yeah. Could not agree more. I, I think, where did I, where did I pick here? So I was at the front end of this and I was at 126 and PJ Washington went one pick ahead of me, which I was furious about, but AJ Griffin was the other guy in my, in my queue there. Like it was between Dyson and AJ Griffin. I just, I think Dyson's fantasy game is fair. Just it could not a guarantee. It could end up being fantastic. And because I was looking for those out of position assists and because it's a flex, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to send it and take the young gun. But uh, I actually just traded for AJ Griffin in a 30 team salary league run by the sports business classroom guys. And uh, I was thrilled to get him in a salary league because they, they do it 13 cat. So it's like free throw percentage, two point percentage, three point percentage, true shooting. And then uh, something else. So it's like all about efficiency and, th- oh, and yeah. like threes yeah. and there's weighted on there. And so I was like, I, AJ Griffin got it. And I'm very, very happy to get him. Yeah. The other guys I liked, I'm not going to go into detail about because I have taken every opportunity this summer to talk about Derek White <laughs> and Yeko Kongwu. So I'm not going to go into detail, but we'll go Do you ahead think and- Kongwu starts by the end of the year? You think Capella's gone <sighs> this season? You might have already talked about this, so I'm sorry if you have. Yeah, but. no, like I have no problem talking about it more now that you asked. Um, I think there's a really good chance Clint Capella gets traded. I also, Agreed. this is entirely theoretical. I don't have sources and I haven't read anybody say this. I think there's a chance that Okongwu just becomes the starter and Clint Capella sticks around off the bench. And I think it's still a minute split, but Okongwu is the starter. And, you know, maybe... Maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe it does. I, I would like to see it because I think Clint Capella is at a point where he's still really valuable, but I'd like to see Okongo's upside in playing him 28 to 30 minutes a game and seeing Capella come in and play 18 to 20 minutes and still be able to grab like 10 rebounds because a yeah. lot of his issues have been at times, not always injuries and conditioning to where you look at his box score with for Capella and he's played 34 minutes and grabbed 15 rebounds. But then the next game he plays 22 minutes and still has grabbed like 13 rebounds. So it's like, yeah. 
if you're able to just returns on him exactly you just get capella in spurts and he's still really good defensively and a a good rebounder good pick and roll threat i'd like to see him backing up okongwu because his contract also isn't bad yeah no i think that that's uh i think that should be how it ends up going because you know for teams like the Hawks, like, yeah, I think they think they're good, right? Like they made the DeJounte Murray trade thinking (laughs) that they're good. Like they want to be good. They want to make strides. But once you get to a certain point in your roster construction and your asset pool, you have to look internal. And one of the fastest ways for the Hawks to get better is to take Clint Capella and just internally create a better starting center. And that it could be Onyeka Okongwu. Kind of the same thing right with there. AJ Griffin, right? Like you, when you get to a certain point, it's like, okay, we we can't really go out and get that much talent, but let's see what our talent in-house can do. And I think that this is the season that the that the Hawks with Quinn Snyder, I think he'll really lean into that because I think they'll realize like as they're tinkering with things, like, all right, we've we know what Clint Capella is, right? Like we know what Bogdan Bogdanovich is for the 33 games he's healthy. You got to You got to figure out what else is going to go on, right? Yeah. Um, it's just hilarious to me because I remember writing for a website called the Fantasy Unicorns. Shout out nice. Fantasy Unicorns! <laughs> In 2020, after Onyeka Okongwu was drafted, that people asked for hot takes, and I don't remember what mine was. I should pull it up. I'm not going to. But there was a hot <laughs> take in there that was Onyeka Okongwu would end the season starting for the Hawks. And so now here we are, three years later, and it's the same conversation with the same center. And it's that he's happened backing every up. season. <laughs> exactly. I think I think you make a good point. They need to look internally. They've they've done a good job of kind of being patient in the draft, waiting for guys to fall in value, like. Jalen Johnson preseason, I think, was supposed to go sixth. They ended mm-hmm. up getting him at 20. AJ Griffin, I think, was at least top 10. They ended up getting him at like 14. Yeah. But they have young talent there that's just been kind of sitting on the bench because Nate McMillan hates players. Ding, ding, under, ding. Like hates young players, which I know you know. I know you know. Don't have to tell um, me, man. <laughs> so I'm really excited about what Quinn Snyder is going to do with this roster. Um, I feel like the Hawks are have a chance to be in a better place than they were and I know you said this, and I agree, um, making the Eastern Conference Finals when they did and saying, oh, we're an Eastern Conference Finals team instead of saying, hey, we made a nice run, but we're still young and have to improve. Definitely wasn't a fluke. I, I don't like calling it a fluke. I would, I would right. say that it was a really good run with things kind of happening the right way. Yeah. But they shouldn't have taken that as – we're now an Eastern Conference Finals team. But maybe yep. I'm a biased fan. Maybe, maybe I don't really call anything a fluke, though, but that maybe that's just me. Um, but I'm sure we can debate that. Um, it's just like, is it worth like, oh, we're ready to go now? Well, yes and no. Like, you weren't yeah. expected to get there. So is it... That, exactly. That's, that's kind of part of it, but... Agreed. Agreed. Um, but we'll wrap this up by talking about this trade. So you are the Noblesville Mad Ants. You got Jason Tatum... Another Indiana Pace. This was this was the focal point of the trade for you. I know Jalen Smith. Um, and 2024 through 2026 second round picks from the Long Island Nets, who got Jeremy Sohan, Dyson Daniels, Lonzo Ball, and there, and you are 2024 through 2026 first round picks. Um, just tell me what happened here. So uh, I just was going through. I I posted that I was willing to trade pretty much everybody. Cause I had like, if you look at my team before I made a trade, I have Sohan Daniels and a bunch of young guys, Nimhard, bunch of young guys. But then on the other hand, I have DeJounte, Jimmy cat uh, Hayward. So I'm like right in the middle and I don't really have a fifth starter that I trust. And so I put in the chat, I was like, Hey, I am willing to trade any of these guys. And the first offer that comes through that decides my direction, that's what I'm going to go with. And so guy originally reached out asking about, uh, Jimmy, I think it was, um, it was just like, Hey, Jimmy cat, where are we we at? What are you looking for? And I, I told him, I was like, I don't really have a specific direction that I'm looking to go, but I, I sure would be interested in Tatum. And, uh, and so that's kind of where that conversation got started. And then after that, it was just like, uh, you know, Oh, he, Oh, he, I asked him about drew. That's, that's initially what it was. So I asked about drew and ended up pivoting to Tatum somehow. 
Uh, and so that that's basically what it ended up being. He was like, I am in the middle. I don't like it. I want to rebuild. I was like, well, I don't know how many people are willing to pay three years out for all their firsts, but I will. And as, and he said, well, you know, I really, really, really like Sohan. I was like, yep, yeah, same. It's like, I really, really, really like Dyson Daniels. I was like, yeah, same. He's like, I don't think Lonzo Ball is ever going to play again, but if he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. that's kind of where it went. I, if I was on the other side of it, would I have done the trade? Probably not. But in a third, and obviously it's Jason Tatum. So like it's a top 10 dynasty asset. He's, he's only 19. Like he's still really good. And um, it's just one of those things where if you, if you are looking for a specific package, which I wouldn't recommend you do, like you don't go into be like, I need to get three first round picks because that's just going to narrow your field too much. But how many times are you going to be able to get two guys that you really, really believe in that have insane fantasy upside and then also three firsts. Like, I think in a 30 team league, that's something that people always look at. It's like, oh man, that's, that's such a crazy trade package. Why did you do-? look at the teams and look at what people are willing to offer and come back and tell me that it's still crazy. This situation, probably not the case because you probably could have got like, could have gotten a, a more blue chip, uh, consensus blue chip asset than Sohan or Daniels. But I think Sohan is closer to Scotty Barnes than what people will think and a kid that is 19 years old willing to shoot with one hand in his first year in the NBA in the Spurs Mm -hmm. development system. I am very interested in acquiring that player. I, I agree hundred percent. I know a lot of people just look at numbers. Well, not just numbers, but like numbers and how they play. But I think something like that says a lot about who he is as a person and a player, high character, something he's going to be around for a very, very long time. So I agree with that. And actually I have, uh, the Long Island Nets roster pulled up. Um, they have Jabari Smith, Jeremy Sohan, Peyton Watson, uh, and Dyson Daniels, obviously on top of some other guys, Sadiq Bey, Kobe White, um, Lonzo, um, and three firsts each of the next three seasons. Yep. And if they're really, really young and really, really bad, that's a chance at getting, you know, a Cam Boozer or a um, – I always forget his name. Cooper Flag. Cooper Flag. There we go. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to work on not forgetting his name. But um, three first-round picks each of the next three seasons in you have 13 roster spots, five starters. Like You're adding a lot of guys, have the op- ability to trade up. So if he sticks around and drafts well, like I don't think it ends up being that bad. Yeah. Because, I mean – Unless you're going to say, well, you have Jason Tatum, you could have won a championship. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, the goal isn't to have a really, really competitive team. It's to win a championship, and now yeah. he has the opportunity to do it if he waits it out. And plus, I think people like people throw their if it's late in the season, like towards trade deadline time, and you're throwing around your first whatever. But at the start of a season, people throw their first around like it's crazy. And I don't think people have played in a lot of thirty team leagues with the way they throw their first around because I had a team with Luka Doncic. Anthony Davis, uh, Brooke Lopez, Mitch Robinson, Ben Simmons, and like Chris Duarte, and a bunch, Andre Drummond when he was still playing, a bunch of guys. And I was Lotto, and that pick jumped up to four. It was an injury riddled season, but that also happens. Like you can be really, I had Luka Doncic for 70 games that year, and it didn't matter because I had two yeah. other guys who were hurt. So, like, yes, it is, it is a very pick space package. You don't have a secure asset to lock in on. But there's also like there is downside. Like I understand that I'm getting Tatum, who is young, but there is downside, and I don't think people consider that enough when it comes to trading their first in a 30 team. When with five starters, if you keep consolidating and you lose one of those starters, next thing you know, I'm starting Jalen Smith because I don't have a whole lot of other options. And believe you me, let the Pacers tell you, you do not want to be starting Jalen Smith. <laughs> Yeah, that would probably be detrimental to your season. That's just kind of the way it works out. Oh, but it was like, for about 15 games last year. <laughs> and then it changed really quickly. Yeah. There was a lot of hype for him heading into last season too. Silly. Um, but yeah, so congrats on Jason Tatum. Um, before we kind of end this, do you have any other thoughts on either league? Um. No, not really. I'm just – I'm excited to get the season going, right? Like I, I, I know – I'm 
I make a lot of trades. I get accused of being uh, trade happy a lot of times. And I, I mostly just, I do like the art of the deal. I like talking mm-hmm. to people. I like finding that edge. It's and, fun. You know, it, it's the Dwight Schrute, right? You you start with a penny or a used candle and you, you trade all the way up to the beans. telescope. Yeah. And I'll, and eventually <laughs> I'll have the telescope and I'll go for uh, magical legumes. And so like, I, I do love that, but I, I am so excited to see this season play out because I have a lot of guys that I feel like I'm ahead of consensus on. And also, like I could not be lower on a couple of guys as well. And so I love being able to reevaluate those thought processes as the season goes on. So I, I'm just looking forward to another year. Yeah. And, you know, a little less than two months till the season starts or maybe about, about two months at this point. Um, what do you have coming up i know you've mentioned you're doing kind of a podcast i guess two part for this uh draft but anything else exciting coming up oh we're gonna do uh so we did part one for just like the first two rounds plus a couple different um strategy conversations about weekly leagues versus daily leagues how many starters in a 30 team league stuff like that part two we're gonna get into grading or like giving whoever had the best couple rounds uh we're gonna put uh we're gonna grade everybody in our 30 team uh draft grade which is gonna be it's such a it's such a pain it's i wish (laughs) i I wish i didn't say i would do it because it is so much work to go through 30 teams and like try to get into their mindset on what they were trying to do so gonna be doing that pun intended is gonna keep going um i'll be working on my dynasty rankings for sure putting them in a new format that i'm kind of excited about which we'll see uh if how I can get it to automate itself. Cause if, if it's by hand, it's going to suck. Yeah. Uh, but if, uh, if I can get it to kind of make a little bit more sense then I'm looking forward to doing that, but yeah, nothing, nothing crazy at the moment. Just, just trying to get as much stuff out there as I can while in the middle of life. Definitely. I mean, that that's the goal. Um, but yeah, so plenty of content coming out uh, from a lot of different sources you've heard about Rets, um, and then also definitely stay tuned for more episodes of this podcast, but that's going to do it for this episode. Rhett, thank you for joining me. For sure. Thanks for having me.